Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? How's it going? Welcome back to the Say Hey Podcast. We are now officially listening to episode 35. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show, so hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, we have a great show for you today, although I will admit it is not the most groundbreaking news. However, it's still news nonetheless, so make sure you stick around in order to be as informed and up-to-date as possible. Some things that we are going to be talking about today include the official start date of the MLB season. Yes, very exciting. Who cares about football anymore? We are ready for the MLB to come back. Some other things that I'm going to be talking about are injury updates. Yes, I know. The season hasn't even started yet, and we have some injury updates. Don't worry, we'll talk about it, and we'll talk about why it's not a big deal. And another piece of big information that I have to talk about today is that there was a trade that actually occurred since the last time we spoke. So, as you can see, there are plenty of reasons to stick around and listen to the entire episode, so be sure to do that in order to be as informed and up-to-date as possible. But, unfortunately, everybody... There is an elephant in the room that I have to address before I break down all the news. Now, if most of you baseball fans have been following the free agent market, then you will have already heard this news. But for everyone else who hasn't heard it yet, Trevor Bauer, who was, in my opinion, the top pitcher in all of baseball and, without a doubt, the top free agent in all of baseball this offseason, has officially signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, at first, once I heard this news, probably just like you... I was pretty exhausted to hear about it. I'm not going to lie, especially when you think about what the offseason has looked like for the NL West division, and I'm specifically talking about the acquisitions the Padres have been able to add to their team. So on top of that, you have the Dodgers adding the best pitcher in baseball to already one of the best rotations in baseball. It's definitely exhausting to think about. However, in my opinion, this really doesn't change much for the Giants specifically, and here's why. At the end of the 2020 season, it was no secret that the Giants were most definitely going to be fighting for the third place spot in the NL West. And I most definitely think the Giants will be able to maintain that spot because I personally don't view the Diamondbacks or the Colorado Rockies as a threat. So with that being said, if we look at the offseason, we can see that the Padres, you know, went out and traded for pitchers such as Jose Musgrove, Blake Snell, and Hugh Darvish making that rotation arguably the best in baseball, which wasn't really hard to do considering that they already had one of the best rotations in baseball before going out and making those trades. When you look at Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish's contract, you can see that they're both free agents in 2024. 
this pretty much solidifies the fact that the next three or four years, if the Giants make the playoffs, it's most likely not going to be by winning this division. So by adding Trevor Bauer's three-year contract to the Dodgers, who are already the best rotation in all of baseball, in my opinion, that affects the Padres more than the Giants because the Padres are probably the only team that can keep pace with the Dodgers right now. So yes, I definitely agree with you. It's definitely tough to hear that the best pitcher in all of baseball goes to a team that plays in the same division as the Giants. But at the end of the day, if Trevor Bauer, let's just say, went to the Mets, the Dodgers would still be an incredibly tough opponent for the Giants. So in my opinion, this really doesn't change much. And for the sake of being positive, because you know, that's what we like to do. We want to enjoy watching Giants baseball. The good news is that the Giants this upcoming season will play 124 games that are not against the Padres or the Dodgers. And you know, I keep saying this, but at the end of the day, nothing has really changed since last season. Last year, 2020, three of the best teams in the NL West, or excuse me, three of the best teams in the National League, in my opinion, were the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Braves. And even though that was true, we as Giants fans were still able to watch some really entertaining and exciting games. Well, exciting offensively, that is. So if you go ahead and fast forward to this upcoming season, everything is still the same. The Dodgers and the Padres are still two of the top three teams, not only in the National League, but also in all of baseball. So in my opinion, there will still be plenty of games for us as Giants fans to enjoy and be entertained with especially with the acquisitions that have been made during this offseason. All right, so speaking of this upcoming season, let's go ahead and dive into the start of it. That's right. Pitchers and catchers are reporting to spring training on February 17th, and as of now, the start of the season is going to be on April 1st. Yes, thank God. Also, it looks like there will not be a DH in the National League, and also there will not be expanded playoffs like there were last year. Now, getting to this point and, you know, the process to actually having a start of the MLB season and when this was going to happen was actually pretty messy if you don't know. The MLB proposed to the Players Union or the Players Association, they proposed a delay to the start of the season initially due to COVID-19 health and safety protocols. The original proposal stated that the season would start on April 29th and it would be a 154-game season but the players would be paid as if it was a 162-game season, you know, a regular season length. Now, the reason why the MLB did this was because they believed that a delay to the start of the season would allow for the level of COVID-19 infection rates to decrease, specifically, you know, in spring training sites such as Arizona and Florida, and additional time for the distribution of vaccines as well as minimizing potential disruptions to the 2021 season that currently face all of sports. Now, in addition to the delay, the proposal to the Players Union also stated that the expanded playoffs and Universal DH would also be, also, excuse me, be implemented as they were during the 2020 season. Since then, however, the Players Association or the Players Union, I'm not officially sure what it's called, but the players basically, have declined that proposal, and the season is set to start on April 1st with no DH in the National League and no expanded playoffs. Now I have some quick thoughts right off the bat, no pun intended. First thought, the reason why I like this proposal is because I'm really tired of the seven-inning doubleheader BS. For those of you that didn't watch the season last year, if a player tested positive, 
That game would have been canceled right on the spot that day and then rescheduled later on in the season as a seven-inning doubleheader when the teams met again in the future. This was pretty detrimental for a team like the Giants who had to face the two best pitching rotations in baseball, a.k.a. the Dodgers and the Padres. This meant that, you know, Clayton Kershaw or Mike Clevenger or Walker Bueller, Dennison Lamette, you know, pick one, they're an ace. This meant that those pitchers who were already dominating in the league could pitch an entire seven-inning game, which honestly was really, really rough at times. So I like this proposal because it limits the chances of all of that happening. Let's go ahead and wait till the COVID cases die down. And, you know, the only reason why I like this is because I just don't want to deal with the seven-inning doubleheader crap. Now, second thought right off the top of my head. The reason why I don't like this proposal is because if I'm being really honest, if the Giants were in a position like the Dodgers or the Padres are right now, I would absolutely despise expanded playoffs. I understand expanded playoffs makes more fans happier because it gives their team, who may not be considered as elite, a chance to perform in the postseason. It's very exciting for us as Giants fans right now. But ultimately, you know, in my opinion, expanded playoffs decreases the level of competitiveness and intensity in the postseason. And this can also have a ripple effect throughout the regular season. Teams like the Dodgers won't play as hard or won't let their pitchers go as late into innings as often because making the playoffs for them has just become that much easier. So why stress during the regular season? I won't lie though, it was fun last year knowing that the Giants had a chance at making the 2020 playoffs. However, I think it's good for the game of baseball to keep the level of competition the way it was before the 2020 season. So just to summarize what we can expect to see during the 2021 season, this season will start on April 1st, without a doubt. There will be no DH in the National League. There will not be expanded playoffs this year. But the seven-inning doubleheader will still continue to happen during the year 2021. And also, that stupid runner on second rule in extra innings is also coming back to this 2021 season, which I really don't like either. But hey, we got to focus on the positives. Baseball's coming back, and that's exactly what we wanted. So here we go. Moving on to other notes throughout the Giants specifically. Heliot Ramos, who is one of the Giants' top prospects, according to his representatives, received an invite to big league camp. This is very exciting. Now, even though Farhan has already come out and stated that it won't be likely top prospects such as Bart and Ramos uh, will make the big league roster this year, reports are also saying that it wouldn't be surprising if Ramos gets called up at some point this year, especially since he has been playing center field in the minors, which is a position at this point in time that the Giants are seeking to add depth at. All right, moving on to some injury news. Brandon Belt may start the season on the DL. Now, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but Brandon Belt, at the beginning of this offseason, had surgery on his right heel to remove bone spurs. Yikes. Last week, Farhan Zaidi stated that Brandon Belt is still rehabbing from the heel surgery and isn't guaranteed to be ready by opening day. The recently signed Tommy LaStella would be an option to play first base if Belt isn't ready. Farhan has said that Tommy LaStella will play, quote, a good amount of second and third this season, but he can also be a left-handed backup to Brandon Belt at first. 
Quote, it's going to be a variety of positions and roles, but we would expect him to play a lot. Now, this news would make me more concerned if the front office didn't make the moves that they did this offseason. They went out and signed Jason Vossler, who plays the corners and has a great bat against right-handed pitching, and they recently just signed Tommy LaStella, who can also play first base. But, not to mention, this is exactly how the 2020 season started, with Belt on the DL. At this point in time, I'm not concerned about Belt's performance during this upcoming season, and I personally don't think anybody else should be concerned either. Because once Belt did return from the DL last season, even though he still had to work through a terrible slump before he got into his rhythm, he ultimately was having the best season of his career. If anything, this is definitely just an opportunity to see how far the team has come in just one offseason in terms of depth as a whole, but also depth with left-handed bats. So I've mentioned Tommy LaStella's name like five different times during this episode already, but he does have a little bit more news surrounding him, and it's that his contract has finally been announced. Now, in the last episode, I mentioned that LaStella's contract was three years, which is still correct, but I gave you all the wrong information as to how much his contract is exactly worth. And to be honest, the price of the contract isn't the most important part, but instead the fact that it's three years is actually more important in my opinion. But anyways, this is how the contract is broken down. This upcoming season, 2021, he will be paid $2 million. Then in 2022, he will be paid $5.2 million. And then lastly, the final year of his contract, 2023, he will be paid $11.5 million for a total of $18.75 million over the course of the next three years. Now, the reason why this contract is backloaded is probably because of financial factors that were affected by COVID-19, which is keeping fans out of stadiums. But again, the price of this contract doesn't really matter to me. Other than I'm grateful the Giants were able to acquire an effective left-handed bat at a relatively cheap price. But something that stands out to me even more is during his press conference with the Giants media, LaStella stated that he was really relieved that he was able to get a three-year contract with this team because he feels like what's happening in San Francisco is very unique and exciting and that he really wanted to be a part of something special. This is awesome to hear. It's always a great sign to hear a new player that comes to the team expressing exactly how much he wanted to be a part of whatever is happening in the Giants clubhouse. And I can't help but get excited because it sounds like we as fans might be witnessing something that's pretty cool. But you know what? Who knows? All right, moving on to the next bit of news and probably the most important news that I've said today is that pitcher Sean Anderson. We know him all too well. He's a friend of the podcast. He's actually been traded to the Twins for outfielder Lamont Wade Jr. Now, is this trade the end of the world? In hindsight, probably not really, but, you know, I do get a little bit emotional. You know, anyone who comes on the Say Hey podcast will always be a member of the Say Hey podcast, just like how once you're a giant, you're a giant for life. So, Sean, on behalf of myself and the listeners of the Say Hey podcast, if you somehow stumble upon this show again in your life, just wanted to say thank you for not only coming on the show and being generous with your time, but also just wanted to say thank you for everything you've done in a Giants uniform. All right, so the Giants, as I just mentioned, just acquired outfielder Lamont Wade Jr. in this trade. So who the heck is that? Well, he's a left-handed bat who knows how to get on base. That's all I know at this point. In more than 2,000 minor league plate appearances, Wade has more walks 
than strikeouts, although he has never provided much power. With the Twins, he started 13 games in center field, 7 in left, 2 in right field, and also 4 at first base. So again, this move has Farhan Zaidi's name all over it because of a lefty bat. He gets on base and he has multiple position eligibility. And honestly, something's telling me that we might, even though we probably didn't recognize this player's name, something tells me that he will be a big contributor because that's just what Farhan Zaidi does. But also, the Giants hitting coach, Donnie Ecker, tweeted out, quote, Christmas in February at the exact time of the trade. So when the hitting coach is talking about how big of a present the Giants just got in return for this trade, probably a good sign. Now, at the end of the day, it looks like the Giants won't be going after big names like Jackie Bradley Jr., but instead platoon the center field position with Dubon and Wade Jr. at this point. The Giants also have Jalen Davis and Steven Duggar in their depth, so at this very moment, there may not be a clear-cut favorite as to who's going to play center field for 2021, but at the end of the day, who the heck knows? I'm just someone that's reporting what I'm observing. So yes, I agree. At first hearing this news, I too was feeling rather underwhelmed, but then I thought that this might give the front office some more flexibility financially to go out and get a high-end rotation piece like, say, Jake Odorizzi or James Paxton. But again, I have no idea what to expect right now. One last thing I will say about this particular topic is that I definitely would not be surprised if we see Lamont Wade Jr. become a key contributor in the Giants offense because, as I've said countless times before, Farhan has a real knack for finding those diamonds in the rough. Some reports I've read already are saying that Lamont Wade Jr. is a five-tool player and has power that hasn't been tapped into yet, so this might end up being something to look forward to. Now, as for Sean Anderson... I was definitely excited to see him being a contributor to the right side of the bullpen this upcoming season, but something I had to remind myself is that the right side of the bullpen has already become pretty solidified with the additions of Matt Whistler, John Brebbia this offseason, and also the returning familiar name of Reyes Maranta. I was a little bummed to see Anderson go, but he's honestly in a great situation now, joining the Twins who are one of the top teams in the AL Central along with the White Sox. So depending how the season shapes out, Anderson might actually make the playoffs this year with his new team. So after this trade, where does this leave the Giants in terms of offseason moves? Well, in my opinion, there is still depth that needs to be added in the starting rotation. But at this point, I'm not sure when it's going to happen or who the Giants are even thinking about. Because at this point, there is currently no more room on the 40-man roster. So a possibility we could maybe see in the future is that once spring training starts, the Giants place players such as Tyler Beatty or John Brebea, who are currently trying to recover from Tommy John surgery, put them on the 60-day DL, and that opens up slots on the 40-man roster, which, you know, maybe we can see moves by then, but hopefully there are some moves that happen before spring training even starts. So at this point, this late in the offseason, so close to the beginning of the season, what free agents are left and who can we maybe expect to see the Giants go out and sign? And although I don't know the answer for sure, there are still a handful of starting rotation pieces that would be very, very nice in the Giants rotation. Obviously, the first name that comes to mind and the name that you've all heard me say so many times before is Jake Odorizzi. This pick makes a whole lot of sense because of the identity the Giants have created for themselves. 
Heading into this upcoming season, Jake Odorizzi is trying to show the rest of the league that he can still be a key contributor to whatever rotation he's a part of. 2020 was underwhelming for him because of injury, but that doesn't mean history has to repeat itself. Just like we saw with Kevin Gosman, Drew Pomeranz, and Drew Smiley, Jake Odorizzi is also looking to have that type of bounce back season. And I personally believe the Giants are the perfect destination for him to accomplish that goal. And another reason why this move makes sense is because during the offseason, the Giants hired a new assistant pitching coach, J.P. Martinez, who was previously with the Twins, which is also Odorizzi's former team. And, you know, for this same reason, signing left-handed pitcher Rich Hill is still not out of the question. Now, this move does not necessarily excite me nearly as much as Jake Odorizzi would because Hill is 40 years old, but... To his defense, the man is still twirling. Again, this is not my first choice by any means, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we see this happen. Another name on the list, and a name I, again, mention consistently, is James Paxton. He's also a pitcher that is willing to bank on himself to prove to the rest of the league that he can still be effective. Again, another candidate to become a resurgence success story. And the last name I'll mention, and I personally don't really know why I haven't talked about this name before, but it's Taiwan Walker. And the reason why this kind of excites me is because during the 2020 season, Taiwan Walker made five different starts in the month of September, and he struck out 21 batters in 20.1 innings pitched, and not to mention produced a 1.77 ERA during those starts. Walker is a big, big right-handed pitcher. And I personally believe he could be a solid backup plan if the Giants, for whatever reason, don't sign Jake Odorizzi. All right, everybody, that is going to be all for today's show of the Say Hey Podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in so much, especially if this is your first time listening to the show. Your overwhelming love and support of the show is greatly appreciated. Again, everybody, I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. And you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, I will be sure to give an official announcement of when this is going to happen, but because the season is right around the corner, I will soon be transitioning to posting two episodes a week. But as of right now, we are still at one episode a week every Tuesday. All right, everybody, continue to stay safe out there, continue to be smart, but most importantly, go Giants.